0: Greetings and welcome to the pod. My name is Mark West. Therese Spruin must be one of Australia's experts on the cultural impact of the swimming pool. Her recent book, The Memory Pool, is a fabulous nostalgic anthology bringing together reflections on the childhood swimming pools of 28 Australians, including Trent Dalton, Leah Purcell, Shane Gould, Brian Brown and Merrick Watts. You can taste the hot chips smell the chlorine and feel the burning concrete for many kids the local pool is a place of imagination freedom friendship and romance Therese is also the author of swimming pool stories a blog to which every australian swimmer should subscribe we had a lovely chat down at Therese's new local pool the fanny durack aquatic center in petersham about all things swimming pools you can hear kids splashing in the background but also the occasional flight overhead and a little bit of wind so it's very real. I've left it long, so put the kettle on, go for a drive or a long run, and dive in to the memory pool. The first question I was going to ask you was about your Northbridge pool that's in the book. Yes. About your uh, original childhood ocean pool. Yes. Well, it's an ocean pool, yeah. Can you... Well, a
1: harbour pool, I suppose. Pool. Yeah. Well, that was the first... Um pool I suppose I had a connection with because we grew up just up the road Um, so I think um, my mother was a keen swimmer because she'd grown up in Maroobra so she introduced us to the baths early on um, probably before I can remember but um, yeah I think I had my first swimming lessons when I was four so that would have been in 1964 Um, and Yeah, we just, I have memories of going down to the baths with mum and dad when I was a little kid and with my older sister and younger brother. And I just remember I always loved being in the water and I loved swimming and I loved the salt water. I think if your first pool is salt, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because when I was four, my first swimming lessons were actually at Lang Cove Pool And I just have memories of the chlorine going up the back of my nose when I did backstroke. But after that, all our lessons were at the baths. We did um, learn to swim. And then Cole, who was the manager at the baths, uh, we did extra lessons with him. And then when I was about eight or nine, um, we joined the swimming club. And after that, um, every Saturday morning, my sister and my brother for a while, but then he started playing cricket. Um, and we used to get up, walk around the road, pick up our, our friends, the hall girls, and go down for the swimming races on yep. Saturday morning. And I, I had a bit of a competitive nature, so I, I enjoyed the races. Um, but a lot of it was also that we there was a great big gang of girls that we'd all sit on the bench and go off for our races and then come back and um, uh, and uh, chat yeah. um, but the baths I think in the book I write about the king tide but they were always the best at high tide or, or king tide um, but in primary school I remember I used to just go down there after school sometimes with friends or sometimes just on my own because um, I was always wanting to be in the water, um, and yeah, so then just stayed in the swimming club till I was about nineteen when I went to uni and um, started going out and couldn't get up on Saturday mornings, yep, yep. you know. But um, yeah, look, it's just such a. We spent so much time at the baths, and um, you know, it was one of the the main places in um, our childhood that you could just wander down there and mum and dad came on those high tide or king tide days but you just went down there on your own and um yeah it's a lovely place yeah Yeah.
0: there's lots of stories like that in in the book about you know bonding with your friends or going and finding time by yourself and enjoying enjoying that aspect of it
1: yeah yeah well I think um I went back there about a month ago and it was it was beautiful high tide and I got in the water and I was sort of taken back to my childhood of that feeling like, oh, I just never want to get out, you know um, so um, yeah, and I think well that was the, I always had this strong connection with a, with a childhood pool and with pools and swimming throughout my whole life, and so for the book um, I knew I was wasn't the only one who had that um, connection yeah. um, but I decided to focus on childhood memories because that's when you have your most intense connection with a pool I think um, so um, yeah and there was no shortage of finding people uh, that I just the main thing is I wanted people that it was a, uh, a really strong connection, someone they went to a lot. Um, or, in the case of some, had some intense experience there yeah, just yeah. for a week. So, so
0: yeah. how did you find people? You've got some famous people in there.
1: Yes, it was... Um, well, I had I had the idea quite a few years ago and I started collecting press clippings or noting down whenever I heard someone well-known talk about a pool that was important to them. And um, so I ended up at that, most of that was when I was just collecting well-known people. Um, But then um, when I decided to, then I decided to just focus on childhood because I thought there was more story in it. Look, I went to writers' festivals and asked people. I went to book launches and asked people. I found people's contacts on social media and asked them. um, Brian Brown, um, his mother and my grandmother were first cousins. Oh, right. But I... We don't know each other, but we know his sister. And um, another cousin had her email address and (laughs) Um, um, and yeah look in the end I just decided that um, like you had to step out of your comfort zone but the worst thing people would say is no and some people said no but quite a lot of people said yes especially people like Merrick Watts who he had such a strong connection with the South Broken Hill Pool. He was like, yep, I'm in. Yep. Um, so, and then a lot of the other people in the book, um, some of them in South Australia, um, when Bruce and I go traveling, um, we always go, <laughs> he has to go to all these pools. Um, and we'd met Rick Chimaleski and his partner Linda at the Edithburg Tidal Pool in, on the York Peninsula, which is their only ocean pool and um like someone like Trent Dalton I was reading his book Boy Swallows Universe and I noticed that he talked about pools uh, a couple of pools Jindalee and and, um um Sandgate and um so I went to uh, he was talking at the Hill of Content bookshop in Balmain and we went to that and I asked him and he said yeah oh." It was his paradise, so he luckily gave me his email address. Um, yeah, so other ones I found in, in books. Other people I researched and saw, um, um, you know, like Metham's Pool in, South, in Western Australia. I, I saw an article in the Western Australian. And, um, yeah, um, yeah. so it was just a matter of sometimes in, in, Ho- in Launceston I rang the local tourist information to find someone with a connection to the um the first basin pool at cataract gorge um david bartlett who's the former premier in um, tasmania uh, my husband's nephew swims in the derwent river with him and um cool. so yeah calling on um anyone who knew anyone all the connections, all the connections. yeah
0: yeah and some of the stories are great they're really evocative there's and there's lots of common themes the smell of chlorine or burning feet or salt in the in the harbour pools and the it, bay pools
1: yeah yeah i think that there are um common themes Th- someone this morning one of the regulars here at peterson pool asked me what's happened to chlorine that it, it, you don't have that same um strong smell mm. that you used to have that people describe in the book and i said yes i think they've it has they've perfected it a bit more, but <laughs> yes. I...
0: All in all, a good thing. I a good think, thing, yes. definitely.
1: Um, yes, I, I mean, there are common themes, but there's also... Uh, when I interviewed people, I was always surprised um, about what they'd told me, and I was interested in sort of the personal aspect as well. That like, it had to be... The pool was the setting, Um but they're sort of human stories too, um, and um, and each story is different depending on the way each person interacts um, with the pool. So some people, like Chesley and Darwin, is very imaginative, sitting on the bottom of Parat pool, um, daydreaming or twirling round. Um, and Leah Purcell also used to. 10 she was a synchronized swimmer and make up imaginative games and then merrick watts and brian brown were much more physical um, at the pool um, but i think each of them also tells a story about the place they're in too so i suppose while the pool is the focus i was interested in um, the setting of the pool for telling stories about people place and australia mm-hmm. um, yeah.
0: There's that, the great story of the pool in Monica being being built.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, that's a real um, icon in Canberra. And from going there for a few years, um, I I'd met, I'd met Merv Knowles, um, who's the oldest person in the book, who's 97, yeah, who was at the opening. And that was it sort of his family moved to Canberra, from Melbourne, from the temporary capital. Um, when Parliament House was built and they were used to being able to swim in Port Phillip Bay and suddenly they're in this hot bush capital and so Merv tells the story that a, a lot of the public servants and weren't happy that there was nowhere f- to swim so they, they originally wanted uh, the, a 50 yard pool but they got 33 and a third I think so Yeah, it's still a lovely pool, um, Monica. but um, like a lot of people in the book, Merv, you know, um, he calls that pool home, you know, because he's been going there for so long. I think he can't swim anymore, but he still goes back there and still has a a connection with the place. Um, But it was very much the social hub because for 20 or so, 25 years, it was the only pool... In Canberra, I think um, I think Gough Whitlam as a kid and his sister used to swim there, and okay. um, yeah, and, and before Parliament, the new Parliament House had a swimming pool. Some of the politicians, like Billy McMahon, I think, used to go there. Um, okay. The previous manager, who was a real um, um, uh, um, tab John Taverner, he used to. Um, his parents had run the pool before him so he had all the stories of the place. Okay,
0: and there's lots of stories of uh, growing up, lots of stories of boys meeting girls and boys being boys and all the rest of it.
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah I think in all the different eras are, that's right, Jan Cornell, the story at um, Rochester Pool in uh, Country Victoria her parents were teachers so they moved every few years and um she her story is called wrestling with boys (laughs) Uh, because she said that was the yeah the time sort of early teens where um she said you're a bit more innocent but um uh yeah her memories are um Liking a boy from the wrong side of the tracks, I no, think, I at that pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brian Brown, you know, um, he was growing up in the 50s and early 60s, mentions the bodgies and widgies that used to hang down the back of um, uh, Bankstown Baths.
0: Not and doing much swimming.
1: Not doing much swimming in their leather jackets and. Um, he um they used to try and get a peek at what they were doing but they were a bit scared they were going to get beaten up um yeah so there's all um all those stories um oh trent dalton's probably the most romantic one of um kissing a girl underwater and um yeah he you know he tells a, a beautiful story. Um, Because what I did was I interviewed each person and then I wrote their story in first person because I wanted their voice and their experience to come through. Um, Yeah, so and using their... You know, for instance, Laurie Lawrence in his story talked about when his parents um, separated, but he didn't say separate. He said when mum and dad parted ways, you know. Um, So it was important to to use the language of each person in each story yeah
0: that must have been fun hard fun um,
1: yeah it was um, I think yeah I had to write about this recently it was fun and it was no I, I, I think I quite enjoyed making sure uh, that I was representing their story but often what I did or what I did each time is that I'd transcribe the interview and transcribing the interview you got a sense of where the story was and all the sort of themes and then I'd read that and then I would just sit down and in longhand write the story so I got the flow and then I'd go back and make and add in words or uh, dialogue or that they had used or changed parts so that they actually represented more what they'd actually said. Um, so it, it took quite a lot of drafting, but um, once I had the contract with New South, I didn't have much time, so I had to be a bit more efficient yeah. at it. Yeah.
0: It's a labour of love, though.
1: Yeah. Oh, look, I've been playing around with um, ideas for books, and I've got quite a lot of other written material. Um uh, that's in a drawer now um, but I ended up um, focusing on this one because whenever I mentioned it people they said oh that's a good idea and um, so I thought it had the most success of, or chance of, of finding a publisher. Yeah. Um, and it's like anything once you concentrate on one project you're in, rather than going from flitting between a, uh, a few uh, you make more progress. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, it is such a—it's a simple idea, I guess. But it really is. I mean, I'm just thinking back on my life and Dents Park in Epping, and yeah, and the now Canterbury Pool. It's—they're good stories to tell.
1: They are, and I think that's what um, has been a nice thing since the book has come out. Is that I've had so many conversations with different people about their childhood memories of pools, and um, yeah, heard some great great stories uh so um yeah so it's sparking um some nostalgia in people um of all different ages yeah
0: and now we're at Peterson pool fanny durack pool this is your new local pool and you swim here every morning most mornings
1: yeah well i have been swimming here uh uh well for the past five years i've been swimming here uh more regularly previously i used to almost always go to Leichhardt pool but um, uh, in the mornings it's it's only a little journey down the hill um, so it's more convenient um, I still go to Leichhardt, um on the weekends or late in the day um, yeah it's a really I've got to know it's, I think it's that's the thing about a lot of pools from coming here most mornings. I've got to know probably about 10 of the regulars. Um, And um, one of them, we've become quite good friends and we often have coffee after a swim. Um, But, you know, there's a real mix. There's a couple of riders, um, a former Eastern Suburbs bus driver who was a refugee from Vietnam, Peter, who sort of talks to everyone. Um, And then... um, an academic, um, who was Michelle, um, you know, was a psychologist, um, but all of that doesn't really matter. You know, you, you're just talking to people, um, um, all in your swimmers, yep. you know. Yep. Um, and I think, um, uh, and you just have these little random conversations, you know. Um, and um, yeah, I like that. I like. I like. Um, often I come home and with some news each morning from what someone's told me um, that day. And it's nice to start, I, you know, I suppose with all of this, you know, I've always loved swimming and I always feel better after a swim and more enthused about life so it's a nice way to start the day.
0: been documenting pools for a long time. Swimming pool stories on your blog. Now you blamed Bruce earlier. You said he had to visit all the pools. Oh,
1: no, <laughs> well actually he he's the long suffering pool. <laughs> like he's um often will if we're driving through a country town I'll suddenly um he'll spot the sign to the pool and have to do a U-turn. So he's um sort of got used to he's more of a runner than a swimmer. Um, but, um, yes, I have since um, 2009. Um, I, I think, I, I was looking back, I wrote an article, um, it was published in the Canberra Times, I think earlier than that, about swimming. And then, then I started the blog. Because um, although I love swimming in the ocean, and I love body surfing, I find pools fascinating places um, in terms of their design and their architecture have a thing for pool tiles, you know, Mm -hmm. especially if you find different types of tiles. The old, before they did um, Auburn Pool, Ruth Everest Aquatic Centre up, it used to have these amazingly beautiful different coloured oblong tiles. Um, And, yeah, I'm interested in the history, I'm interested in the people that I meet, I'm interested in how each pool has its own personality depending on who goes there and depending on its location and the type of pool so this pool's a pretty chilled um place and some of that comes from being right next to Petersham Park and you have the beautiful trees um it's
0: a nice place
1: it is it is Mm. um and Leichhardt is a much more um Activity-based pool, um, but you can still get your really lovely um, times down there um, when it's not so busy, and it's got one of the only remaining diving <coughs> towers in um, Sydney.
0: Come to think of it, you don't yeah. see them, do you?
1: No, and they just have the they have the three-meter platform and the springboard, but often if we might be sitting up. After a swim and having a coffee there, you'll see kids arrive and suddenly, and look across. Hopefully, that the diving pools opened. Uh, and then, um, I really enjoy sitting there and watching kids, watching kids leap off, but also other kids encourage um, kids who are doing it for the first yep. time. And then you get the adults, you know, <laughs> that do kamikaze triple or or, uh, flips off it and belly flop into the water. Is uh, that you? No I I jumped off, no I'm not really a daredevil uh, but my nieces, um, this is about 8 years ago, um, I jumped off the 3 metre platform but I wasn't particularly relaxed and I think that's the key to it and um, they really enjoyed it but I thought that That'll do me. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: that's not you on the front cover of the book?
1: No, that is, um, the publishers found that, that photo, that's by a photographer called Michelle Livingston um, and I really like it because it's got so much energy and, um, and, you know, the beautiful little spotted cosy and the hair flying everywhere, um, it's yes. perfect. Yeah, it sums it up. It does, it does. Um, yeah, so I mean I also like the ocean pools too and sometimes Coogee's probably the closest place to here um, and so I like all of Coogee's ocean pools but I, lately I've got a real um, I really like going to Giles Baths which is at the northern end. It was that former um, men's pool
0: okay.
1: and I think Like all ocean pools, they used to be um, at Coogee. The north end was um, the Aboriginal men's area, and the south end was the women's area. Um, But um, it's more of a. Have you ever been there? No. It's really a rock pool, and so it gets a lot of um, fish. It's a lovely pool to snorkel in. It can get really wild at high tide. but I went there earlier in the year, just got up early and drove over. And, um, you know, there's certain spots you can sit there where the, the water uh, falls on you like champagne. And then just before I was getting out, this woman pointed down and the, the blue groper had um,
0: ah, right. swam
1: in. They say it comes from Clavelli, but I'm sure there must be more than one. But um,
0: I've heard of these famous eastern suburbs <laughs> beaches, uh, gropers.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's so cute and it's yeah. this bright blue. so I swam around with it for a little while. and when I was driving back to the inner west I was thinking, I don't think I could feel any happier. It just yeah. had that nice I think the of being in uh, flowing salt water and then swimming with, with fish too and, and the bright blue groper you know has you couldn't not feel happy after That's doing right.
0: that. so So you do do ocean swims.
1: I do. I did, I did more of them when I was in my, I think I was still in my 20s, in the 80s, um, and a good friend of mine, Fiona, her father, Barry Connolly, got us into them. They lived down the northern beaches, and so I think Barry got us doing the um, Palm Beach to Whale Beach. So I, I think I did that about five times. it was always beautiful when it was nice and calm and sunny, occasionally you get cold currents and Mm -hmm. um, can be rough can be rough, yeah Um, and then I've done yeah, and I think the Worrywood to Mona Vale I think I've got a DY, I've found all my old certificates from there Um, and the Coogee ones, in recent years I've sort of uh, tended to just do um, uh, shorter ones um, at Bondi and at at Coogee, um, and because I I've lost my nerve for going around headlands, but maybe I'll get that back again. <laughs> um, and some because for a while there, oh I know the ones I've done to the the Dorney swim. Yep, I've done that um, a couple of times, but now I think like. Um, I don't know, you don't, I, it's, it was lovely when I did it. I don't think they had it this year. They didn't
0: have it this no, year. Either. No,
1: no, because for a while I was doing um, Tuesday night and Thursday night squad at Leichhardt, which is just an hour squad, so it's not sort of, it's more 2Ks rather than 3 or 4Ks, um, which I will go back to because yeah. it it's nice. I really enjoyed swimming with a group of people um, and a few of us did the Dorney Swim. Um, and a couple of other ones yeah
0: you must if you swim three or four k's here that's a lot of tumble turns in a 25 meter pool at uh, petersham
1: yeah no i only swim about (laughs) one k at the moment so and i don't tumble turn (laughs) i don't think i ever learned to tumble turn um um but um no it's more i'm more doing um especially since this year's been extremely busy um I have, I've kept up swimming every day, mostly every day because it just, I need to exercise and um, swimming just makes me feel really good but I think swimming it can be exercise but it can be relaxation and meditation, um, a whole lot of things um, so, but I haven't really been swimming hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how, how many pools do you think you've seen? Um, or or written up?
1: Written up. Look, um, I return a lot to the same ones. I have a, um, but, um, uh, you know, when we we have, just um, last year we were in Central Australia and it was, we were walking at the end of April but it was still really hot. and so, and we were camping with, a, with, with an organised group. But the wonderful thing was at the end of each day, we plunged into Ormiston Gorge, the waterhole, or um, some of the other ones, Ellery Creek Big Hole. Um, so, I, you know, there's so many different types of pools in Australia. Another year we were in the top end. I went to some of the Darwin just chlorine pools because they're crucial um, to that place because of the crocs. Yeah, you can um, And you can't swim in the sea. And we went to Litchfield National Park and swam in all those beautiful waterhole uh, pools. And then um, in Kakadu, that's right, in Kakadu, you, you, well, there's crocs in Kakadu. But there we did swim in Gunlom. Um, But in Kakadu there's, in the main town which is Jabiru, there's this amazing 50 meter pool there that was built when um, they started the mining town, uh, uranium mining in the 80s. Um, And it's been named after um, an Italian fellow who actually, Luglieletti is his surname, Antonio I think is his name, and he came he came out from Italy and ended up being the tiler for the pool, and then he moved to Jabiru and he ran restaurants there and used to have a, the bakery, Kakadu Bakery, for years. So, um, and you know, so I suppose that's what I find interesting. We also went to the um, Bachelor. Bachelor's a town in Litchfield, and the guy who was managing that pool. Had been on Grand Designs Australia, and he was also the dog catcher in town. But that pool was built in the 50s for the copper mining. Um, So they've all got, there's so many, you know, fascinating histories um, connected to pools. um, And then some of them have got really interesting um, design. Just last weekend, Fitzroy Pool had the 25th anniversary of saving that pool from closure in Melbourne, Um, and that's a bit of an icon in in Melbourne. Um, And there's a story from someone who was a child in that campaign in the in the mid 90s in the book. Yeah.
0: It sounds like your next book is already written. history of Australian uh, pools. pools
1: yeah I suppose I I um yeah I've got a few ideas um in my head I I never want to write a dry history I suppose I'm interested in telling Australian history through people's stories um so at one stage I did have another idea for a book so I've got a few stories, um that i haven't written yet um, but um, i think like in victoria for instance they've had a lot of because it's a colder climate um, a lot of their outdoor pools have had a struggle to keep open if they build especially if they build an indoor pool and there's some nice stories from places like tewton which is in the goldfields or near the goldfields area i think um, that, that they had a 20 meter pool there um, and it council was going to close it but the locals have taken it over and it's now a community run pool because i think in inland towns those chlorine pools you know play a big role because there's especially if there's no river or sometimes rivers are you know a bit dangerous to swim in um you know in those hot summers um that's what a lot of people told me just how central um, to the town was the local pool and friends of my sisters live down at Tumbarumba and the three girls who are now in their 20s all said that they look on um, the guy who was the manager at the Tumbarumba pool as one of the key adults in their childhood he's called Snorri uh, yeah. <laughs> I think because he was very chilled because that's the you know they spent so much time there as kids and the parents always knew they were safe because he was there looking over the pool um yeah so there's endless endless pool stories yes. yeah are there
0: any places that you still want to visit
1: oh look i haven't i've only touched the surface i think um yeah there's lots of places i said we are going down to Wagga for christmas and um, my sister lives down there, and um, when we were down there last, um, some of her friends were telling me stories about pools around there. I think the Gundagai pool still got... It's sort of like this original retro-style pool that has um, still got some diving boards. And someone told me a story of... Um, Getting a lift on her father's tractor to the pool at the Rock, which is, but um, never recently we've re- done that pull up, so we'll go and go and check that I one look, out. Yeah. Yes, so um, and I think I read that um, the Wagga pool was one of the first, the original Wagga pool was one of the first pools to have those old style um, turnstiles. Which is something right. that a few people mention in the book about getting through those turnstiles yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to get into the into the pool. Yeah.
0: Some of these country pools must struggle to survive just because there's no water inland anymore, is there?
1: Yeah. I'm not um, yeah, there isn't. I, mean, I think someone else told me a story recently about a pool near Orange and how the council was going to close it but or redevelop it. And um, the locals protested and the council said, well, if we're going to keep it open, you have to swim there. So they're they're all making sure that they're they're going. Yeah, yeah. I've been there's Recently we're in, um, or earlier in the year we're in um, the UK and I did go to a few, um, to Bood um, Ocean Pool, which is in the north... not sure if it, it's the northern part of Cornwall there, um, mm-hmm. and then went to one, the Walpool Ocean Pool, which is in Kent uh, near Margate. Um, it's enormous, bigger yeah. bigger than the Merriweather Baths in um, um, in Newcastle, um, and we I was we tried to go to a couple of the Lidos in London but it was they were really hot days and on really hot days um people just flocked flocked to them them. tried to go to the Hampstead to the Ladies Pond
0: in Hampstead couldn't get in there either
1: we ended up with my nephew Will we ended up going to an indoor pool at Swiss Cottage (laughs) 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 which just was a bit like um you know one of our indoor pools here but um yeah, they have such a short summer over there, I think, that people, people flock to soak them. Soak it in when they yeah,
0: can. Yeah, yeah. So. L- is not a word you hear in Australia, is it? No,
1: it, it just means, I think, outdoor pool. I think so. Yeah, but that's what they um, call them. And they're, I was going to meet up, there's two women that have recently written a book called The Lido Guide, and we were going to meet up, but they had just released their books, so they were really busy. Um, And, yeah, there's a real... um, So there's a revival. They've been um, renovating and reopening and um, doing them up. Um, But they're just... There's a real um, wild swimming culture, it seems to be, in the UK. Mm. Um, We actually went walking... um, in on Orkney in the Orkney uh-huh. Islands and I brought my swimmers but a little cold. <laughs> it was there's a woman though that I follow on Instagram that swims all year round um my our friend David who now swims at Northridge Baths, he got in but only for a few moments and he turned pink um so I think it just not you you have to acclimatise you know, but I think what I found also interesting in England is is a real culture of of writing about water Um, so I bought some lovely books that I've enjoyed reading, including one where they had a whole lot of writers writing about the women's pond at Hampstead Heath Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know if we have the same um, here, and I think maybe it's just because we take being around water and being in water for granted it's just it's easier um, but um,
0: maybe we don't see it in that same sort of whimsical meditative <laughs> way because we've always had life-saving clubs and
1: yeah I, I it, it is intriguing I think yeah they they a lot of them um, a lot of it has to do, a lot of what they're writing about is, is cold water swimming too, I think, um, which is a whole other um, which is another thing, thing yeah. which when I was in the UK, I realised, like, I, I don't mind 16 degrees in Sydney, but... Um, briefly. Briefly, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but that's warm for, you know, a lot of the water that we were in... Um, in um, down in Kent was 16 degrees, but it was about 23, 24 out. So it wasn't. Whereas on Orkney it was about eight or 10, and it was only about 15 out. So to be cold and to get into cold water is a whole other thing. That no.
0: And for your book, was it easy to find a publisher? Um,
1: look, I, um, it was interesting, I suppose. I, earlier on, I had um, identified about three um, publishing companies that I thought my book might fit with. Um, but then I sort of decided, because there's a tendency to get, you may as well finish your book rather than getting too caught up with publication. But uh, um, when I'd written about eight stories, I did go in a um, an event that um, you could submit 3,000 words to a big um, publishing house any, and then have 20 minutes with a non-fiction publisher. Anyway, they weren't. that person wasn't particularly interested in the book book but at the end she said i i think your book suits new south so um and they liked it so i think it's a matter of finding uh the one that fits um with you so and once you do um um you know so that was exciting but i that was only um i got the contract only in february this year uh, but I sort of knew it was probably going to happen at the end of last year, so I just had my head down writing stories. Right here. Yes. <laughs>
0: well, you get to have a break this time, this Christmas, anyway.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it, it all happened quite quickly, but you know, now the book's out, and um, yeah, yeah. So.
0: So what's next then?
1: Uh, I think I'd, you know, I I still want to keep writing about pools. Um,
0: the blog will continue. The
1: blog will continue. Yeah, I've been missing it lately, actually. I just like having a little outlet for um, experiences you have at the pool or interesting pools. Um yep. And I'm not really interested in, like, um, writing a guide or... Um, or a history. Uh, I'm interested in writing a, probably social histories. Ah, yeah. Yeah, so I think I will keep writing about pools. I'm interested in, um, um, but i more. I also like running um, fiction too. So um, yeah, maybe with short stories with an aquatic it's twist. An aquatic theme. Theme, yeah. theme yes. <laughs> so um, yeah, but I'll, I'll um, you know I find pools endlessly fascinating. So I'll. Um, yeah, I've got a few ideas, but keeping my cards close to my chest.
0: Fair enough, <laughs> yes. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> Yeah, so, um, but I think the thing is that pools have been an important part of our um, social history. And um, compared to the beach, there hasn't been that much written about pools. Um, there was, I think... Um, in 2016 we, the Australia's exhibition at the Venice Architecture Biennale was on the pool okay. and that was um, by two uh, women architects um, and uh, urban planner uh, Michelle Tabot and um, Isabel and Amelia um, were the architects and they um, from Aileen Sage is their architecture firm and I was involved uh, they saw my blog, and so I was involved in contributing some photos and some stories and some material to the books. So um, that started a conversation, and then the um, documentary that was on ABC mm-hmm. recently that grew out of the the Pool Australia's okay. exhibition at the Venice Architecture Biennale. Oh, know
0: that. Okay. Yeah.
1: So that it was also um, re-exhibited, um, at the National Gallery of Victoria in 2017-18, um, um, which was, and that's where I met Shane Gould, um, which, and was able to interview interview her, her who she has just, um, been awarded her PhD, which is on the culture of swimming in Australia. Wow. So she'd be a good one to talk to.
0: It, yes yes. I, I don't know if I have your courage to just call <laughs> up people But <laughs> there's quite a bit of art in the swimming pool At least it seems to be emerging Maybe drone footage and, and all sorts of cool things
1: Yeah, yeah I think, um, well, in, at, um, Anna, at, at Cook and Phillip Pool in the city They've got all along one wall uh, sort of murals of Annette Kellerman's swimming life Have you ever been there?
0: No, but I, I – oh, I have. I haven't mm. seen that, but I did see the Annette Kellerman exhibition at the Powerhouse. Powerhouse, yes, it. yes.
1: Yeah. And, it, and at the Annette Kellerman pool at Enmore, they have – they've got um, displays of sort of her swimming costumes and a bit of a history outside, but they've also got in the change rooms mosaics, a mosaic of Annette Kellerman, and I think there's a different one in the men's change room. Um, rings a bell and they've got an art piece called Under the Surface depicting the interplay of water light and movement so I think it's a growing uh, a growing thing yep. um, but I think you can also see art just in the play of light um, and the reflections and shadows and um, at pools so I, I enjoy taking photos at, at pools too Um yeah, and just the different colours and different colour schemes um, and the different um, designs of, of pools. I wished I'd got to Lang Cove Pool before they demolished the outdoor pool because mm. most pools built in the 60s like that one had the light blue tiles, but they had green ones. Uh, yeah, and um, so, um, yeah, the I'm always interested... Um, in finding slightly different type of, of um, tiles and designs of tiles at the Jugeong Pool which is sort of in, near Gundagai. Um, I think that pool was built in the 70s but they've got a children's pool with sort of like um, round brown tiles. Um, Interesting. It, yeah okay. so um, they all reflect a particular era um,
0: the brown sounds sort of 70s 70s <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> cortinas and tiranas yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah so um yeah no so they're always um you know each each one I, I suppose the thing is too that you might walk into a pool and it might seem just your pretty standard pool but there's each one's got its own personality and um i always enjoy discovering um what that is when i go to a pool
0: yeah.
1: Oh, from childhood, the only other pools I suppose I had a connection to in childhood was we used to go to what was in the 70s that we called Freshwater Harbour. It's mm-hmm. very much freshwater now, um, and we, we used to go there because it was the closest surf beach. Um, and but always after we'd spent a few hours in the surf, we'd walk around to the ocean pool there at at Freshwater and and have a swim Um, and then in high school I went to school in Kirribilli so North Sydney pool was our local yeah it was it wasn't our pool but it felt like it was our school's pool Um, and um, we used to go down there we used to go there for sport um, and each year and we had our swimming carnivals there and part of our school swimming carnival was each house had to organize a water ballet event and they, they were very um, it was a way of involving kids who weren't really into competitive swimming um in um in the carnival so they were big extravaganzas i, I only really in my final two years oh, final year I was house captain so of the green team so I had to organise our one and um, yeah we were never very good at it but they were a big highlight of um, of, um, of the, the carnival and everyone wanted to go into them but it involved for a few weeks getting up a couple of times a week at 6 o'clock and being at North Sydney pool and, and training and um Selecting the music was always a big thing, and I think we, my family, had a holiday up at Nambucca Heads. It must have been nineteen seventy, yeah, beginning of nineteen seventy-eight, and um, um, we went to the RSL, and I think we saw um, the latest James Bond movie, The Spy mm. Who Loved Me, and there was lots of water and blue in that, and so I chose. Carly Simon singing "The Spy Who Loved Me," but most people had orchestral pieces. Uh-huh. You know, I think we came last, our team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you had the best music. We had
1: the best music, or uh, the most contemporary music. Um, but I do also we we went in a few um, interschool carnivals that were held at North Sydney at night, and um, they were nowhere near the level of. Um, Shane Gould but she has talked about that pool sort of pools competitive pools being like theatres and I do remember Mm. you know the harbour you'd have all the harbour lights and um, you know the trains going across the bridge and um, sort of the drama of that pool at night Um, yeah so and then I lived up the road there later after uni so I used to go to North Sydney a lot in the days when it was the first pool to sort of have delineated lanes, you know, fast, medium and slow. Oh, is
0: that a modern-ish thing, is it? I didn't know that.
1: That was in the uh, mid-80s. I'm pretty sure it's a modern thing. Um, And um, it had a reputation as the lap Nazis, the lane Nazis. (laughs) And I remember once, I miscalculated an overtake and I hit heads with a guy and he just went off completely because um, I was interrupting his, you know. Yep. Uh, and um, but then in the late, in the early 90s when I moved to the inner west, I, when I went to Leichhardt though, I was a bit like a North Sydney person coming right. to Leichhardt, yeah. you know, and then I got more in the relaxed way of the inner west, uh, so uh, yeah. But I suppose that's because I, I don't move much. I, I, it's mainly been Northbridge all through my childhood and North Sydney and, um, and then Leichhardt and Petersham, you know. And then I do go to Annette Kellerman and Ian Thorpe and, um, yeah. So, but I like returning, you know, to my same pools where I, you know, I'm a regular, yeah. Do you go
0: back to Northbridge much?
1: I didn't haven't much but in um, I do I have gone back a bit in the last couple of years and I've gone back to the swimming club on Saturday morning and they keep saying come back um, and it's not it's not it's a quick trip you know from the inner west to Northbridge on a Saturday morning so um, um,
0: it's not so much a quick trip home though
1: well it, it's actually not it, it only takes about 20 minutes to get there Um, from because where we are we're sort of um, just down through Annandale you know and across the Anzac Bridge and over but um, we did in 2013 they had the Northbridge Games to celebrate the hundredth anniversary of Northbridge being settled and so they I saw an ad in the Herald, and they're inviting people to come back to the bars to take part in a relay. Oh, cool! So my brother and one of his daughters, and Bruce and I, Bruce went in his first ever swimming event. Um, and oh, and a couple of friends from that were in the swimming club. We all um, went in the in a relay event there, um, which was. and we met and there was a whole lot of people that we'd known as kids um that were back there um oh that's great yeah so that was that was really nice um we didn't win but that's okay
0: (laughs) i don't think that was the point no it wasn't
1: the point at all but um yes and i have um yeah i mean um occasionally i go back but i probably will go back a bit more now because um because it's a nice place to to um, to swim. Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah. I played a lot of cricket at Northbridge. Oh, did you Northbridge no, Oval? Yeah. 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 I don't know if I ever swam there.
1: But. No. Well, it probably was unless you. It's right down the the bottom. You know, when we were there last, just a few months ago, I was just, you know, you down surrounded by bushland, uh, beautiful bird sounds. It's a nice spot. If it rains, it can get storm water, so, um, but it because it hadn't rained much, it was, you know, beautiful um, in the water. Um, lots of fish, um, the occasional, we used to call them man of wars, you know, but um, stingrays. But I think when you grow up in, um, and jellyfish, you grow up in pools like that, um, you, you um, if you grow up mate, in a chlorine pool, then and you're not used to those sort of marine creatures swimming with marine creatures as yeah. much, yeah. Yeah. So you get um, used
0: to their presence.
1: You do, you do. Um, yeah. So um, you know, it was a um, fantastic to have a, a pool in your in your suburb, even yeah. though we did used to, um, you know, so in the 70s not. You know, having a backyard pool was a bit of a luxury. Um, there was about two um, backyard pools in our street, and my brother and sister and I were obsessed with getting a pool. Um, but Mum and Dad never, you know, gave in. They said, "You've got a perfectly good pool." You're
0: perfectly good. And yeah. Pull down the bay.
1: But we, with our friends who lived in the street, we used to go and knock on our neighbours and ask if we could swim in their pool. And one pool in the end, we just targeted this one pool because their kids were grown up. And um, so often we had the pool to ourselves, so it was a bit like having our own, oh, own pool. And if they went away, they'd ask us to look after the pool. <laughs> so, so we liked that, um, that too. So, yeah, um, you know... I think backyard pools are a lot of work in the end but um
0: yeah so it sounds like it was a good deal for your parents in the end It
1: was yeah they were never going to never going to put one in so um <laughs> anyway but we yeah. did for years apparently years we kept asking so anyway
0: Thank you very much, Therese, for a wonderful chat about the place of the swimming pool in Australian culture. If you'd like to hear any more information on anything you've heard today, or if you'd like to buy the book, which you should, head over to my website at www.thepodpodcast.net. That's www.thepodpodcast.net. And from there, you'll find information on the book, on Therese's blog, and the music that was used in this edition of the pod. Thanks very much. My name's Mark West. I'll catch you next time on the pod.